The information provided on the Finesse Your Money podcast is not intended to constitute legal, business, financial or other professional or product advice. It is provided as general information only and is not intended as a substitute for personal advice from a qualified and licensed professional who is familiar with the facts of your particular circumstances. Ever asked yourself where your money is going? It's a common problem for businesses and people personally. Is it dumb luck to be successful with money? Or is it the smartest and most successful businesses and people that plan and understand the value and purpose of money across generations? Is your money out of control or needing some finessing? In the third season of Finesse Your Money, the theme is more than money. We're talking all things money with our inspirational guests, but we go beyond that to explore creating a legacy beyond wealth, success and stewardship among families, the energy and purpose of money, well-being and wealth, relationships and money, connection, being intentional and values. Listen in to hear some excellent tips from our guests and set yourself up for a bright, happy future with a stronger sense of purpose around money. Get ready to be inspired. I'm Janine Wilson, the host of Finesse Your Money. I've been a financial advisor for 10 years and an accountant beforehand for, well, many more years. I'm the founder of Finesse Financial Advisors. Hi, and welcome to Finesse Your Money. I'm Janine Wilson, and our guest today is Anthony Chansamuth. Anthony is a content strategist, writer, and speaker. He's the director of Simple Creative Marketing, a company known for creating case studies and content that drive leads and sales for fast-growing services businesses. He's worked with brands such as Bean Ninjas and Hub Australia and has been featured in Forbes, Inc. and Huffington Post. You may have seen Ant on Network 10 Australia or TEDx Telstra Sydney. He's a contributor to the Good Men Project and hosts the Transitions podcast. Ant loves to travel and explore the roads less travelled in life, relationships, businesses and sustainable living with his amazing wife, Cindy. Together they launched the Remote Business Summit in 2019. Welcome, Anth. It's great to share this time with you. We haven't spoken much recently, but to give you some background, Anth was my mentor in a business accelerator program in 2019. Some certain listeners will get masses of values out of today's session. Glad to be here, Janine, and you've come a long way since we did that mentoring. I'm thinking back, that seems like eons ago. <laughs> it, it sure uh, does. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just not too long ago, actually, but um, yeah, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're doing this, and, and I'm sure uh, you're adding tons of value to your, your community and your audience. Thanks, Sam. So tell us more about your business, Simple Creative Marketing, and what it is that you stand for. Essentially, we stand for no BS marketing. What I mean by that is I've been in the game or in the industry for over a decade, um, longer now, and there's a lot of, let's say, not so ethical practices uh, that are out there and a lot of people spruiking different ideas and and tactics that don't really work. Uh, You know, they they work for them, but they don't really work for the people they're trying to sell it to. And um, I've been in that world for some time and I've just come out of it, you know, recently and gone, you know what, like, we, we, particularly Aussies, we don't really deal with that too well. <laughs> like for us, it's just like we don't want to, whether it's tall poppy syndrome or it's something else, uh, we just like to keep it real. We want to have real conversations like this that you're, you're doing, Janine, and we just want to market in a way that it doesn't come across sleazy, salesy, it's not over the top, you know, I'm trying to convince you to give me your money. It's 
just authentic. And that's why I do have a, a podcast called Authentic Influence and Facebook group as well, which is that's the title of the group. And, and that's the focus. We want to make sure that um, we are positioning ourselves and sharing messages that are real and true. Mm, absolutely. And I think there's been a real return to real values, I guess, over this COVID time that we've been going through for, well, many, many, many months now. Uh, and I think, you know, it's easy to be a great storyteller, but at the same time, manipulate an audience of listeners. And that's not real. It, you know, it, Life shouldn't be that way. You know, selling things for the sake of selling them isn't a good practice. And I think, you know, really I always kind of look beneath that and try to find some evidence, you know, listen to a lot of different things and then make a decision from there. So, you know, this the theme of this season of the podcast is more than money. So what does that mean to you and how does that translate to the work that you do with your clients and give back to the world? So I'm currently in the midst of an existential crisis and I'll be frank with you. <laughs> uh, COVID has really just done what you've said. It, it, it's basically brought me and my, my wife and you know, our household back to really evaluating what's important to us as individuals in terms of a company, in terms of the work we want to be doing in the world. And it reminded me of how I even began this journey. Like if you go on YouTube, there's, and I'm, we can probably share the link, but there's a video of me on Channel 10 talking about how I left corporate in not so great terms and you know, essentially burnt out, ended up doing 60 hour weeks for a major you know, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 company. And just felt there's gotta be more to life. I ended up in hospital for two months had a brain surgery and just realized you know what like making all this money is good in one sense yes there's financial security whatever that means but i had no time energy or motivation to do anything outside of work right like i i was i was in not in a relationship for four years i was you know looking at my mates who had sort of less hours and they were enjoying you know bring up raising families and doing these sort of things and going on holidays and for me it's just like my life is literally work. That's all it was. And you know, what's what's the point of having finances if you can't utilize them to make yourself happy or to make the people around you happy, right? I just shared a piece on social media a couple of days ago. I can't remember his name, but it was about this gentleman who came up with this theory that you know, whilst you're still alive, he's the one that encouraged Bill Gates and uh, Warren Buffett and these guys to basically donate half their earnings before they, they die. It's, it's making an impact while you're still alive. And to me, more than money means that, making an impact while you're still alive. And I think, you know, many of our listeners, what you've just said in terms of, you know, being a slave to work really resonates. I think it's very easy to slip into that, particularly earlier in your career, you work really, really hard to, to get somewhere. And then it just becomes such a habit that you forget to actually live. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, like there's, we've, that's so true. There's a journey of acquisition where it's like, get more, buy more, build more, you know, you get the house, you get the double story house, you get the, you know, the nice cars, maybe it's time you go down the path of getting a boat, whatever it is. I'm sure you've come across a research that basically says they've done studies of, of hundreds and thousands of people and, and determined that up until a certain level and a lifestyle, beyond that, more money doesn't create more happiness, right? It, it just now you're just, you're living in luxury perhaps, but you're empty inside and you're wondering what's going on, you know, and not everyone's in that space, but a lot of people I've heard that, you know, it's a commonality. The part, the piece that's missing is that meaning, like what is the meaning of my life? What's the legacy that I'm here to leave? You know, whether you have kids or not, or you've got nieces and nephews, or you, you know, go and volunteer somewhere. Like for me, volunteering is a big part of my lifestyle. And, and I spent, you know, a good two years where I lived in Laos, 
back in 2013 where I volunteered for a school. Like I was there just setting up their computer labs, working with kids all the way from kindergarten up to about grade eight. And I was known as the computer guy and also the English teacher because I was doing English classes uh, and teaching them very poor Aussie English. But they loved it because they're just like, oh, who's this crazy guy out here? And, and he's just giving his energy to support these kids so they could you know, develop these skills. And mm. for me, education is my biggest value in terms of the, the UN Global Goals. And I know that's something that you're across. Perhaps your audience are too. And it's there's a quiz you can do online to work out which is the one goal that resonates most with you. And for me, when I did the, the quiz, it came back, you know, resoundingly clear education was the one. Um, and, and it's all about how can I take all that I've learnt and all that my network of, of really great people have learnt and, and share that to the next generation so then they can improve their lives. And for me, it's really around, you know, helping women progress. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Like, interesting you say that because my first retreat that I ran in 2015 was a group of women. I, I took a group of professional women and some entrepreneurs to Laos, which is where I was born, that I grew up here in Sydney. Uh, and I took them there and, and we spent seven days doing yoga, meditation, talking about careers, talking about relationships, all these sort of things and unpacking all the stresses in their lives and working out strategies and how to improve those things. So the retreat was called Warrior Women Mastermind. So a bit of a connection here. Yeah, interesting. So I recently read a quote from you, Anthony, that said, the journey to creating value has really helped me to challenge my own assumptions around what things are worth. What's more important than money? Connections, relationships, spirit, life spirit, how you show up every day. Are you vibrant? Are you drained? You know, covid it's the first time we were introduced to this, this term, Zoom fatigue. Like, what is that, right? And then we realized, and the psychologists and therapists started coming out and saying, well, that's because you're not meant to be on Zoom calls all day, every day. And even though your, your eyes and your brain can see that you're, you're talking to someone on a screen, there's a disconnect because you hear the voice, but you're not in the same room, so you can't, you know, you're missing a piece of that connection, right? And when we're only doing it once every couple of days, that's fine, but when you're doing it eight hours a day and that's all you're doing, you burn out, right? So that, to answer the question, it's connection. For me, it's always been the biggest driver and it's always why I love collaborating with people, you know, chatting with you, chatting with the other people in our community and working with business owners as well because that that's, at the end of the day, Tony Robbins talks about this and whether you like him or not, this one thing he says I, I believe in, which is that there are core human desires and one of those is belonging. Mm, couldn't agree more. And uh, to the point about Zoom fatigue, I think part of it for me was that you were just not just talking for eight hours a day, you're actually seeing yourself back and you were judging yourself mm. as you were going along. So it was, it was tough times. I think people have understood more about it now than, you know, early, you know, several months ago, earlier on. Connection, you know, I ask that question quite a lot. The answer is almost always the same. <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> um, so at Finesse, we ask our clients how we can support them and, you know, bring that expertise to the table and resources to bring their dreams to life so they can enjoy a bright, happy future free from money worries. So in business, it's crucial to survival to remain open to new ideas and ways of doing things. Otherwise, you know, you can grind away for years. Tell us about working with your clients to build a blueprint for their business growth. Yeah, so we specialize in content strategy and that basically really it's a, it's a buzzword for marketing strategy is what it is. It's just really sitting down and working out one of the biggest challenges small businesses have is there's so many avenues that you can go down. There's so many rabbit holes you can explore in terms of, you know, do I use Facebook? Do I use LinkedIn? Do I use ads? Do I 
put a billboard up somewhere? Do I, you know, do mailbox drops? Um, all these things. And when you have limited time, limited budget, and limited resource, right? We we don't have the luxury of a big Coca Cola or something like this, so we can throw millions of dollars at testing things. You know, we have to get very strategic about our approach right so we want to look at you know does it make sense to do a podcast right now and understand when you enter into doing that i'm sure you've learned by now are you clear on what you're really getting yourself into right like when i jumped into my first podcast i didn't realize oh my gosh there's so much work and effort required to get a polished product out there and that's just one episode now we want to do a series right Mm -hmm. it's not enough just to record the thing now you got to promote it and get people, like make sure people see that it's there, right? Uh, content is the same. So podcast is a form of content. I focus a lot on, on article writing and, and articles and case studies is what our team produces. Um, and so one of the key elements of a strategic plan for you know, what we do with our clients is to look at, okay, coming back to the initial question you asked me at the top of the interview was, you know, what do you, what's your belief? What do you really care about? And it's about being real, right? And the best way to be real uh, is to show and demonstrate results, right? So you can show, you can interview your clients and your customers and, you know, partners and whoever it may be and say, look, how has your business or life changed because of the work that we've done with you? You know, uh, and when you can have them tell you, well, it's because of like these things change. You know, I uh, I was able to clear my debt for the first time in 20 years, or I was able to buy that house, or put a you know get that loan and, and put the, get the mortgage or whatever it is, right? So um, then those those type of stories are very compelling, especially when you you're moving beyond the you just ask what's beyond money for you. And my question is it what's it beyond getting leads and sales, right? Like what's it really about? What's the business, you know, as Glenn Carson, you know, would typically say, it's not about, you know, money or it's not about marketing. What it's really about is X, right? And for us, it's really about spreading your message, your impact and reaching the people you need needing to reach uh, so that you have, you know, you can create that legacy. So it's not about the drill, but it's about the hole it creates. <laughs> 100%. Right, 100%. Yeah. And in my case, you know, oftentimes the, the, the thing people really want to know is they don't know what their target really is until you dig into that and, you know, their likes, dislikes, preferences, you know, where they are today, where they want to be, that you come up with, say, a magic number. And then the relief when they know they can achieve that number or they know the few small steps they need to take to, to get back on course to hit that number, it's liberating. It yes, really it is. is liberating. Yeah. Yeah. And I learned this from a financial perspective. Like I worked with a the first two or three years of the business, I was not making a profit. I was I I honestly wasn't even paying myself a salary, right? And uh, I'm going to give full full credit to my wife for supporting me financially throughout that process, right? Uh, and this is the reality. The more that I speak with business owners, there's usually what we call the silent partner who finances the endeavor, right? And it's usually the, the spouse. And it's not spoken enough about. And that's something that I'm writing about a lot more now and talking about it uh, because it's important. Like, you know, whilst you're out there, the entrepreneur pursuing the dream, your dream, uh, you've got someone else who is there supporting that and making that happen, you know, someone who's taking care of the kids, someone who's whatever it is those things are, emotionally being a support. Uh, and in terms of financials, yeah, it took me a good two and a half to three years to actually turn a profit. And that's because I didn't know how to structure the, the, the my finances in a way that it was actually generating a profit. And it took working with a financial advisor, a mentor, uh, who sat me down and said, and let's actually look at your products and services and let's look at what's actually making you money, 
right? And then for the ones that are making you money, let's actually look at can we do that better? Can we actually generate, what's the, what did he say? He said, what was the cost per, per unit sold? Like what's the true cost, right? And then evaluating, okay, well, how can we increase the price? How can we add value? How can we do these sort of things to actually generate the value? And you, you shared a quote earlier of mine where I talked about value and how, that, how my journey has been sort of a lesson in, in what that means. And one of those things throughout that process was to understand the thing that my clients actually wanted was not the thing that they were paying me for. All right. So they came in and said, okay, we'll pay you to write articles and these sort of things and, um, and whatnot. But then what I realized, you know, over the six months of writing articles for them and, and them coming back to me and saying, you know what, these articles are good, but they're just not generating any business for us. All right. And so the real thing is, oh, you actually want revenue. Like that's your goal. You want money, right? Yeah. And you want the content to create you money. Okay. And this is the thing. Sometimes your clients don't know what they don't know or they don't know how to articulate exactly what they want until they experience it. You know? Exactly. And, and, and we have to deal with the pain of going, of trying to work that out for them. Uh, and so what it came down to was, oh, you actually don't have a content strategy. You don't have, like, you've got these articles that we produce for you, but you don't do anything with them. You just put them on your site and you, you hope that something's going to magically appear, right? Uh, and so then I realized, would it actually be of value to you if we sat down for two hours and we worked out what your content strategy was, right? And how it, re- how it tied to your business strategy and the goals you're trying to achieve with your marketing. And mm. I said, oh, yes, definitely, right? So that, that became a $1,200 two-hour session that I sold. You know, and so I immediately doubled my revenue overnight. Um, just by reaching that insight and working you know, with my mentor to uncover and also talking to the clients to understand that's what they wanted and what they needed. Right? And I think you've hit a really good point there. Oftentimes people don't know what is happening in their business. They might grind away for a couple of years, as you said, two or three years before they really understand they're making a profit and really focus you know, on what they could improve and that people often get very caught up in all of the social media and the networking and all of that, but that doesn't generate a revenue unless you cause it to by you having a firm strategy and you're amplifying your content and you're knowing what that content it is delivering to you in terms of your revenue. So there's a lot of work to be done around that. And I think a lot of people new to business, you know, they might have been very, very successful in the corporate world, but when it comes to being in the entrepreneurial world or the, you know, the business world for themselves, that they just miss that absolutely crucial step, which is probably one of the reasons why so many businesses fail in the first Mm. three to five years. And, you know, the majority aren't here in 10 years. So there's a lot to be said for really paying attention to that and really thinking into and feeling into what it is you want to achieve and what you need to achieve and then putting a strategy around it. My businesses are very much about strategy first. Then look at what you need to fulfill on the strategy and and execute on it. You know, solution, too many people jump into solution mode. Yeah, Janine, I really value what you do and the service you provide. It's funny when you, let's say you, you go and you want to drive a car, right? You got to go and get a license for that. Like you can't just go and drive a car. I mean, you can, it's illegal. But the point is when you go and sign up for a business and get an ABN, no one's telling you, by the way, you should understand numbers. You should understand how to track your financials. You should understand how to do marketing like what what does that actually mean right and have a strategy you should probably work with a business coach or someone a strategist to put together a plan for the next three years you know or two years or whatever it may be so you know you're going from a to b uh, and you remove a lot of the guesswork right Uh, and like for me number one hands down every startup entrepreneur everyone coming into business like i've was i've been down that road i left corporate i had a great salary left corporate 
came into the business world and had no clue what I was doing. I thought I did. And I completely underestimated the amount of time it would take to replace the wage I was getting from my job. All right? um, and then current research you know, has uncovered that it typically takes three years to do it if you're doing it right. And it can take a lot longer if you're doing it wrong. And I think th- the other thing is there that you know, sometimes in the corporate world, you're only seeing a very narrow part of what it is. You're an expert in that. You're a subject matter matter expert. But when you're coming out into your own business, you need to be across all of the vital stuff of the business and oftentimes the functional or transactional stuff as well. And if you're not capable of doing it yourself and you really want to focus in what, is, what you're an expert at, then you need to build out a really good team around you. Um, so that's going to cost you a bit of money. And you might think, ouch, that hurts paying that money out but in the long run you're going to be better off because you're going to be really hitting your straps much sooner you won't be bootstrapping it for three to five for ten years (laughs) yes (laughs) i think it's it's been really glorified and the media likes to glorify these stories of you know entrepreneurs sleeping on couches and they get out there and you know they've they've hit the, the big time and they've you know um you've got those cinderella stories and and i think it's it's this uh, real glor- rom- romantic idea of being the entrepreneur and how that's a really you know uh, noble path to choose and I'm, I'm not saying knocking that I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do but it's not for everyone and and you need to really go in with your eyes open and understand and talk to other entrepreneurs business owners who've been around for five years or ten years and say you know like give me the reality like what did it look like in the first three years you know and, and they will tell you <laughs> And that's like every book that's ever been published, Anne. The reality is that you just see the publication come out with a bright, shiny, attractive cover, but it's absolutely hard work and you don't see the years beforehand gathering the knowledge or expertise, you know, putting the words on paper. I've written a book. It, it's hard work. You know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just in the process of doing the second. So, you know, it's, it can be hard work and it, and it can, you can grind away at it. And, and, you know, that Cinderella story comes out and as you say, the media grabs hold of it and it looks like it happens overnight, but that absolutely is very rarely the case. <laughs> yeah, there's a, real, a really good piece, I think, on New York Times or, or maybe it was Wall Street Journal. Someone published a piece about the, the dark side of entrepreneurship uh, and they talk about the mental health issues, the suicides, the relationships you know, failing, marriages breaking up. Like, there's a ton of, and I've met people who've experienced that. And it's just, you know, it's almost like we try and hide that piece of, of what it is. And, and thankfully, like in the last couple of years it's become more of a focus and i think mental health and mental health awareness has really grown you know um and and that's a good thing like we want to understand look you really need a support community you need to have people who are going through a similar slog so they can sit down and have real chats and just go look like you know i lost a major client that that's literally you know 90 percent of my income gone overnight how do i deal with that you know i've got kids that i've got to put through school i've got you know, a holiday that I was meant to take my wife on, these things. And this is really what I want to impress upon people listening, you know, is there's a very real journey behind all the glossiness that, that we tend to put out there or we like to, you know, feature. And the stories that, that are real are actually the more empowering stories because they, they, they make you human. And then we can go, well, I can relate to that. I know what it's like to struggle for six months not having a client, just trying to work out how to pitch my thing properly, you know, mm-hmm. or... or it took me, I don't know how many months it took you to write your book, but when I did my first draft, it took me two months to sit down and, and do the first draft. Uh, it's never been, it hasn't been released yet because I'm not happy with it. Um, and I, I have, for me, I'm not happy enough to put something out in the world where I feel that it's not, um, it, it's not quality. 
right, let's put it that way. Like I'm not just going to put it out there because it, it brings me leads and sales. Like I want it, I want it to be to stand the test of time. You know, when I'm gone, like that, the principles that are in the book are still relevant. Yeah, good advice. So, and tell us more about your Facebook group and how listeners can find you, and if you've got any sort of offer. Um, available to them. Sure. Yeah. So I've got a, a, a community and Janine's in there as well and she's been really active in there and, and I appreciate that a lot. Um, and it's called Authentic Influence Community. You can just go to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash community. Uh, and if you go to simplecreativemarketing.com, there's an actual in the menu, you can just click on community and that, that will take you there. It's free to join it's on Facebook. If you're trying to avoid Facebook, don't join. <laughs> and then in terms of something that that I think would be useful for business owners or anyone who has a business or working in a business. Um, I've got a case study guide that could really help you put together a compelling case study, right? So we talked about the value of sharing real stories. And if you go to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash case study guide, uh, you can grab that for free. And then in there's all the templates and the processes that I use with my clients to generate really compelling stories. Thanks, Anth. I'm sure our listeners really appreciate that. I have seen on your website, Anth, that you advocate the businesses focus on what really matters. And I've seen a few of the case study examples that you've done. And one in particular stood out for for me, um, that story from Jared Robinson. So, Jared's used the content um, you helped him research and produce for many things in his business and he's now writing a book off the back of those case studies. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so if we go back five years ago when I started SEM, Jared was one of the first clients. So we were part of a Facebook community together and I put my one-page landing page. It was completely a different name back then. It was not a great-looking page, but it was clear enough, here's the offer, here's what I can do and who, here's who I help. And this is a lesson for everyone listening. If you're thinking about starting a business, don't get too caught up on logos and brand names and colors and all these things. Like literally, who am I serving? What is the problem that they've got? And what is the one thing that I can do to fix it? Right? Um, put that on a one pager. It could even be, a, I've seen it done on a Google Doc. I've seen it done off on a pamphlet. Right? Uh, and you get in front of the people who potentially could be customers and say, can you give me some feedback on this? Would you buy this from me, right? Uh, and Jared was one of those people. He, he responded and said, yes, I would love you to do some interviews for me because uh, I'm trying to uh, interview people in my community that I some of them he didn't know. He just, he just wanted me to go and do some research to identify who would be some good people for him to interview. And this was before podcasting was a thing, so he didn't do a podcast back then. Uh, and uh, so I went forth and I interviewed uh, five, I think it was about 10 different people in his network, his whole thing was he was a teacher. He taught in high school, or I think, yeah, year seven or year eight for some time. He left that and he's uh, combining his passion for teaching with his passion for technology. Uh, he basically teaches teachers how to use technology, right? Uh, and so he's got a brand called Teacherpreneur. And he basically said to me, can you go and do all these interviews uh, of people who have done it, who've left their teaching careers to become entrepreneurs and share their stories and, and what were their strategies for creating the business, for building a client base, for marketing what they do, for generating sales around products that they've been creating, right? And so we, we put together a series of those. He published all of those on his website. Uh, and then fast forward five years later, uh, he then, you know, I think working with one of his coaches decided it's probably time for me to collate all those things and put together a book about my IP and, and the process I, I take my clients through. Uh, and so he did that and the book's now live. It's on, on, it's on uh, Amazon. And uh, yeah, he pinged me and said, you know what, remember all those interviews you did? <laughs> I said, yeah, half of them are in, a, in my book. And so he just, he just posted me a copy the other day. That's the power of collecting those types of, types of stories. 
So you've also done a lot of work with Dan Norris from Bean Ninjas. What's the story there? So Dan Norris was one of our clients. So he, for those who don't know who he is, he wrote, he's published five Amazon bestsellers. Um, One of them is called Content Machine. And that's really, if you're new to content marketing, I would recommend it as a resource. That's probably my Bible. (laughs) Without going through his entire story, he essentially built a tech business, a WordPress support service. He built that with a co-founder, ended up selling it to GoDaddy, and then went and decided what am I going to do with my life so then he went and teamed up with two mates and launched a brewery on the Gold Coast (laughs) Um, and that's become and he's used all his internet marketing knowledge and savvy to actually you know become the first brewery in Australia to crowdfund um, the launch of their second brewery right Uh, and so he's he's really just a a switched on guy Uh, and at Bean Ninjas we helped so Bean Ninjas is a a online bookkeeping service uh, and one of my primary clients and we basically helped him with his books right so that that's the relationship but he also helped us with our content so he helped us work out what what could we do to launch the business so that the business was launched just like SEM was launched within seven days Bean Ninjas was launched in seven days, and that's, he's got a book out, out there called Seven Day Startup, and if you haven't read it, I'd highly recommend you take a look at that, because it, it basically the key premise of the, the book is you, you won't learn until you launch, right? And you won't know what the audience and the market wants until you actually put it out there and have the courage to, to go out and pitch it, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of us, and I've been there, where I've sat on an idea for two years, this is, could probably be a good business idea. Um, too, too afraid to do anything about it. Uh, and then, you know, I read this book from Dan and he just said, look, you got seven days, create a, create a page on page on day one, page two, work out who you're going to share it with. Step three, he basically lays out what, what do you do within those seven days, right? And the whole objective is if you cannot generate one paying client within seven days, you don't have a business, right? Um, and, and it's a really, and I've used that to launch products as well. So within SEM, within Be Ninjas, I've helped them to launch products within the, the core business uh, using that methodology. Sounds awesome. I'll have to look that up. But I've got a business I created three years ago and I've done nothing with, just like yourself, you know. <laughs> and it's a great idea, I have to say. There you go. <laughs> I think, I think oftentimes we all get caught up in, you know, perfection. But yes. I, I've come to the conclusion that perfection is overrated. Sometimes you've just got to put yourself out there. <laughs> you know, if you it. find your backside flapping in the breeze, well, you know. <laughs> it's true. And, you know, it, it all comes down to, like, for me, it's been just a lack of confidence and belief, self-belief. Like if you were someone who really believed in the value that you brought to the world or to an audience or to, you know, your kids or whoever it is, uh, it, you w- it wouldn't stop you. Like, you know, even though you may have reservations and doubts, that's human, right? So we all have, what's the phrase? You think you're a fraud? Like, like that's... Um, imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome, thank you. Right? So we all have that. That's normal. So we just got to work out, okay, can I su- surround myself with people who also know what that's like and can support me and push me through it? And then also, and my wife's like amazing at doing that. And then on the other side of that is just to, to put it out and learn and grow from it and take feedback with a grain of salt, right? When someone's telling you, oh, that, that landing page or that email looks a bit crappy or this phrasing isn't right, it's not a knock on you as a human being. And that's where we kind of have to learn to detach and say, you know, it's not about me. And we hold it so dear to ourselves. And it's like, you know, remind yourself why you're doing it. Like if it's for the impact, then it's not going to impact anybody. If you're still holding on to it, you've got to let it go. It's got to go out into the world, right? And that's kind of really the work that I do beneath the work that I do. Like it's yeah. really going, you know, these stories 
our demonstration of your beliefs, of your values, and all, all the work you put in to, and the energy you put in to create your business, this is evidence of that. And why, why don't you want to have that, you know? I think pride is a, a wonderful thing, but it can hold you trapped into things that don't, don't serve you. <laughs> 100%, yeah. So will you talk to, about the tactics that you use to improve business revenue and growth and in developing the tools in your toolbox, so to speak? Did anything in the results of surveying people or building up those case studies surprise you? I think what surprised me in my own journey, we often can question what people are willing to share. Like we make assumptions and I've done that where I would assume, oh, there's no way someone would tell me a revenue figure or there's no way someone would tell me, you know, how their journey has impacted their health right or or their relationships and things like that and you'd be surprised like when you do interviews you know with your customers or potential customers or whatever your stakeholders shareholders whoever it is and you speak to them at, at a very human level most people are willing to teach and share and, and they've learned things the timing is important obviously if they're going through a divorce right now and you're asking them about their divorce they're probably not going to talk about it right but fast forward two years later you know i've had a mentor who i sat in a car with and he just completely gone full detail with me like what happened what went wrong all these sort of things um, and he's even come on to an interview with me publicly to share some of those details right you know and, and respectfully to to his ex but the thing that surprised me most is beneath it all we are there's a humanity right and there is these core ideals and values that we want to have and to have respected and really those are the conversations that matter. So you, you talked about the tagline I'm using on my website, focus on what matters. So when it comes to marketing, it's the 80-20 rule. 20% of the effort that you're putting out there will generate 80% of the results that you want, right? Mm -hmm. uh, finances is the, same, is the same. Once I implemented a financial system for my personal finances and, and for my business finances, it, it became real easy then because it's like the system takes care of all the things that were distractions before. They've been removed, Right, so, so I'm yeah. not out there buying 10 million courses on how to budget, right? Like it's just stick with the system, it's in place, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, listeners can jump back to my YouTube channel and have a look at a, a vid from me or probably 12 or 18 months ago about getting your money on autopilot. Very useful. Oh, yes, <laughs> Get those systems in place. <laughs> so you work with your lovely wife, Cindy. Um, how is life in business with your wife? Are there any challenges? There's always challenges and there's, there's always great moments. So it, it's, it's a balance. And I think it's the challenges come down to two different people with two different ways of doing what they do. It's about philosophies and approaches and just navigating sometimes I want to do things my way and sometimes she wants to do things her way and it's like looking at okay well how do we we've had to learn how do we be supporters of each other and understand that the direction is the same the goal is the same like we're just trying to get what's the the phrase all roads lead to Rome or whatever it is right it's okay whatever road you're on so it, for us it's been really developing our communications tool set to understand okay this this is not respectful or this is not taking into account the other person and their energy or where they're at or their skill set and knowledge levels. I am really guilty of just assuming that that my wife has the same level of marketing knowledge that I've had and developed over the last decade and, and she doesn't. Like that's the reality and I don't have the same level of financial savvy that she has because she's been you know in corporate finance, she's done all these things uh, and so we've had to sort of find and treat each other with kindness and that's probably the number one takeaway is to be kind to the person you're working with and the person you're growing up with and, and to yourself as well, like understand that kindness is the, probably the best thing that you can do. Yeah, and I think I, I agree, kindness and having boundaries that are really aren't too weak. 
Yes, absolutely. And we've had to learn that as well. Like, how do we communicate boundaries? And sometimes it's, you know, we, because we obviously, we love each other and you don't want to hurt the other person. And that's real. That's the intention behind it. At the same time, you want them to grow and you want to give feedback. You want to be realistic about that stuff. And so I've had to learn to, to take feedback and really appreciate that when she's in her business owner role with me or co-founder role in a professional capacity that the feedback coming is coming from a good place all right and when she's in wife role and i mean husband role same thing like you know we've had to learn to have how to have honest conversations right and that's a skill and you develop that over years you know it's not something you just have and wow we've got it we evolve as human beings and so therefore our fears are the things we want they, they evolve as well so one important lesson i've learned is your marriage can never be on autopilot <laughs> Yeah, yes <laughs> the opposite of money 100 <laughs> percent, right and it's like you no know, to, to use the money analogy it, it's an investment and you invest social capital you invest energy time and presence every single day uh i read something a while back which was you're literally choosing every day to be with that person you're choosing to be married right it's a choice and you're both doing that and so you have to remind yourself you know like She's choosing to be with me. He's choosing to be with me and I'm choosing to be with them. And, um, and you can remind each other of that, you know, and, and that's something that um, is really, really important. You told me earlier, and that Cindy's your CFO. So what are your observations about women and money and are there any common mistakes that you see women make or, you know, anyone make for that matter? Yeah, I mean, I can only speak from my experience. I don't know all the finances of all my friends, but I, for me, it's my experience has been with just understanding my mother, who really ran the finances in in our household. Uh, my auntie, who did the same thing in her in her family and in their household, and seeing you know directly through Cindy and and how she's been able to change my mindset around saving, around investing, around looking at my spending and evaluating. You know, should I really be buying this software right now, or is there software? Are there licenses or things that I can be cutting? You know, because it's really easy now to sign up for all these monthly subscriptions, and I've got Netflix and I've got all these other things. And she's constantly reminding me, you know, hey, is that a luxury? Is that a nice to have? Or is it a must have? And you know, can you go and generate more revenue to to, to pay for that before you you make the purchase, right? And, and pay yourself properly. Yes, and that. Well, <laughs> pay yourself first. That's number one, absolutely. And you know, and so even. Just reminding me when I'm negotiating contracts or, or deals and things like that, are you taking into account what it's really going to cost you on an emotional and mind level to, to be able to deliver that? Because I have a, I'm notorious for underpricing and undervaluing services and things like this. And I've learned over the last few years, and, and thanks to, to Cindy's help, really take pause and say, well, you know, maybe I need to increase my rate or, or whatever it, it may be so that we can fulfill on our collective. We've got wealth goals that we, we want to create over the next, you know, five, 10, 20 years uh, and really look at that and go back to, well, is that going to get me closer to that goal or is it going to stretch it out and make it, make it harder to achieve? So how do you and Cindy plan to get the money out of your business and build your personal wealth? And what is your ultimate goal? If You know, it sounds like you've got some and have you made any missteps so far? I mean, long-term I'm talking maybe 10 plus years, we, we want to build some kind of space. We, we use the phrase sustainable community. That can mean a lot of things to different people. Uh, what it is really is the dream is to create a, create a space of no worries where people can go, they can learn, they can be themselves, uh, specifically young kids who maybe are, you know, without parents, maybe they are, you know, 
been in trouble with the law and, and just for whatever reason, the system hasn't facilitated the right environment for them. And so we want to be able to have that space where, for me, it's all about teaching. Like I love, we talked about education being a primary value. Uh, I want to have a space within that space where I'm teaching and running workshops. I'm teaching entrepreneurship skills, you know, all the things I learned about technology, trends and whatever it is. You know, I'm thinking of some kind of co-working space potentially where people and business owners can come and collaborate, social entrepreneurs can come and um, maybe you can come in, Janine, and run some workshops to help people with their finances or all these sort of things. That's the end when i say end that's the vision for the next 10 years 10 or 20 years and also that place will be a place where we're living off the land you know we're growing fruit and veggies and we're being potentially off-grid with powered by solar and wind and water and, and all these sort of things and you know think of it as a holiday home but we're permanently there like that's kind of the vision in terms of the other question you asked which was how does a business relate to all of this and how do how does it get to that vision well, first of all, we, we've got some, I've got some strong revenue goals and profit goals I need to achieve. The business, the system we implement is profit first, which I'm not, I know you're aware of. It's really increasing based on our 10 year timeline, like look at how much sales we need to generate in order to hit certain, certain figures um, to be able to pull certain profit and then grow the team size as well. So I just had a conversation with someone yesterday about bringing on a, a part-time VA uh, for the business and, um, and how one of the key activities I want the VA to work on will be lead, lead generation, right? Will be how do I grow my audience? How do I grow connections with the right business owners, the right types of businesses that would generate, turn into potentially sales and partnerships? Uh, and that all ties into revenue growth year on year uh, and then tied to those profit. But also I'm looking at an impact metric. So for me, um, I think you're familiar with B1G1. So I'm looking at doing something like that where as the business grows, we also are signaling that we are also investing in education because on there, um, on that platform, you can choose from a whole bunch of uh, charities and whatnot that support education. So that's one way that I want to give back while I'm, while I'm doing, doing it. So I don't, want to be, I don't want to prolong the giving, right? Because I'm like, oh, I don't have enough profit yet to put into giving. Both Cindy and I believe you should be doing, you know, if you really believe in that, then find a way to do it whilst you're building the business. I had a really interesting chat with Paul Dunn from B1G oh, there you go. Um, yeah. not so long ago, a couple of months ago. And, you know, that was one of the things that we discussed really so many people think that they need to do something to then give, to give back, but you can actually give in many, many ways right the way through. And it's really why I like and value that B1G1 is a movement because it's getting people to think about giving and how they can give back every day. They're not waiting for some sort of event, you know, the end of the financial year or the end of the quarter or the end of, you know, achieving a certain revenue number that they're giving back. And to your point, I, I support Aboriginal communities in the Northern Territory by giving to those communities to build IT hubs so that they can not just influence and educate the current generation, but, but future generations. And uh, so that I find that really worthwhile. You know, that's part of the joy of being in business and being an entrepreneur, I guess, <laughs> that, you, you know, you yeah, get 100%. to do things that make you joyful. <laughs> Yeah, and we, 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 I think most of us get into it because we do have some kind of social mission or something. Even if that social mission is really just to make my family better, like that's okay. You know, it's not that we all want to go out there and change the world, but I think it's, it's important to understand what it is for you. What's a driver? And I love that you're doing that work with the Aboriginal communities. I actually did a, a series of webinars two years ago where um, there were a group of 
young adults who teenagers and adults who were learning how to become entrepreneurs and they had launched some different services and whatnot and i actually took them through like a six-week program and taught the marketing skills um and did that pro bono because i just wanted to to really support that community as well you know and that's, that's another point i want to make you know we talked about b1g1 but another one you, you can look at is called uh the name of it is pledge one percent um and it's paid, i think the site is pledge one percent.org and that started by Atlassian, Salesforce, and some of these big, big companies, uh, and they their message is the same. You don't have to be and at that you know that scale of business to give back. Like you can literally give, you can give profit, which is common, but you can also give time and volunteering. You can give services. So if you produce products or courses and things like that, trainings, you can give those away. Like you can actually literally give it to those communities that need it, and you don't have to wait until you've, you've made the big payday to do it. Yeah. So what's one thing our listeners can do right now to help their business and themselves financially? So talking from my expertise, I would say really think about your strategy for 2021, you know, or whatever you listen to this, but think about your 12 month marketing strategy, you know, content. If you're in the world, you know, if you're in professional services, which is where, you know, I I spend a lot of my time and and so do you, you really want to think about educating your audiences, educating prospective buyers. uh, And even when you've got them as clients, continue to educate them on things that they need to know uh, to help them grow, right? And so to me, the best way to do that is content, right? So putting out articles or podcasts or video series or, you know, when the time comes again, we can get out there and do presentations. You can do talks. If you're doing it now, you can do it over Zoom. That's fine. But get into a rhythm and a habit and really think about, you know, what are the types of information can you put out that's going to help someone learn something about the process, but also learn about your process and how you support your clients, right? Because there's one common mistake that a lot of small businesses make is they put out a lot of content, which is industry news. Right? This is what's happening in our industry, uh, but your clients don't care, right? Like, like they, they don't want to know that, you know, Zero has launched a new feature uh, or Myob has done something, you know, QuickBooks has done this thing. It's like, so what, right? Um, how does it help me do my accounting better, right? Or how does it help you as my accountant to do my accounting better? Uh, and so it's, these are the things you want to talk about in your content, right? And, and really the best way to, to do the research on this is go to Google and type it in. Like type in your topic. Right, your topics and see what comes out because Google will tell you uh, here are the things people are actually typing in to, to search for and you should have articles and things like that, podcasts that, that answer those questions. Right? And there's really, to give you a quick t- a tool that I use, there's one tool called answer, answertherepublic.com uh, and you go in, you type in your keywords and it really spits out like a hundred different um, things that people have been searching for on Google uh, and then you can just go and literally go and create pieces of content on those things. Brilliant. Thanks for that. So you can find ANF at simplecreativemarketing.com. And if you need some assistance to understand more about your clients and their needs, build content and strategy, then I absolutely recommend that you have a chat with Anthony. Thanks for joining us today. And thank you, Anne. It's been such a pleasure to have you as my guest. You've shared a great deal of insight. Uh, don't forget to check out Amp's webpage, www.simplecreativemarketing.com and his Facebook influencer page, And don't forget to look up his case studies. We'll drop all the links in our show notes. If you'd like more information about Finesse Financial Advisors, please go to our website, www.finesseadvisors.com. And if you'd like an obligation-free discovery session with me, you can book on our website, again, www.finesseadvisors.com. As I said, we'll drop all the contact details into the show notes, but 
feel free to email us at admin at if you'd like to leave us any feedback. That brings us to a close. Until next time, thank you again, Anthony. Chancellor it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Uh, bye for now. Hope you enjoyed the show today and have some action steps you can take right now to get control of your money. Join me, Janine Wilson, next time for Finesse Your Money. Meantime, head to my website, www.finesseadvisors.com or email me at admin at finesseadvisors.com to claim a gift voucher for a discovery session with me valued at $150. Make sure you put gift voucher in the headline. <laughs>